0: This is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of interesting off-topic discussions. Back again today is Blake Weiland from the guitar podcast called The Tone Mob, and my main man, Richard Oliver from Wampler and basically all kinds of other stuff. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: Oh man, we're back. This, we're is, loves the, this is the first for 2021, isn't it?
0: This is our first one. Happy New yep. Year, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, I had a good break. Um, Did you guys have a good break?
1: Yeah, I ate a lot. And uh, did. I mean, I actually was pretty busy. I did a lot of podcasting and a lot of other stuff. But I did eat a lot of food in between all of that. So that was nice.
2: I I definitely ate a lot of food and did nothing for uh, a week and a bit. Um, Right. It was (laughs) very much needed uh, and, and I really enjoyed it.
1: I'll get there. I think I'm like yeah, you three, know, to, it's... three to five years from getting that week. I'll get I'll get there one of these times.
0: So. <laughs> I uh, I managed to get my sleep schedule completely turned around. I was getting up at like 1 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was uh it's been kind of a struggle to get back on schedule.
2: You were almost synchronized with my time. I'd get up in the morning and you'd still be up playing <laughs> yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> I'll be sitting there at like seven in the morning thinking. Uh, shall I just jump on a quick round with him or or, or shall I let him go to sleep?
0: And then at lunchtime, your time, you're like, he's still playing Call of Duty. (laughs) What in the world's going on?
1: (laughs) This is an annual tradition for you, though, Brian. This is is, is normal. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, normally I put myself through that hell. I don't know why. Every year my wife's like, you do this every year and then you're miserable and you don't feel good and you're mad because you're not getting anything done. And (laughs) Like, I know, but it's just part of it. You've it's, got
1: to do what you got to do. I
0: don't know. It's just
1: tradition at this point. You can't break tradition.
0: That is true. That is true. As long as I've known you, you've done this. <laughs> I have done it for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And this year is no different. Just different games. Still Call of Duty, though. Yeah. The newer one, you know? Um, not much Red Dead this year.
2: No, I got um, I got myself because I buy myself presents, of course. Uh, a Nintendo Switch Lite for Christmas, uh, and I bought a game that I thought I'd like, and I didn't play it at all. And I also bought the Zelda game, and that's immense. And I just played that pretty much all of Christmas.
0: Hmm. I, I've thought about getting one of those Nintendo Switches, but I just haven't yet.
2: They're very good, um, That's right here. And, and very good if you have to be somewhere where you can't play on the main TV. Let's just put it that way.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw, I think it was for the Switch, and this almost was enough to make me want to buy a, a new game system, but not quite, was the augmented reality Mario Kart, where you had a physical Mario Kart with a camera on it, and you, you drove it on the screen, but the cart like literally drove around like your kitchen like yeah in the real world I yes was like, that that's looks cool. like fun that looks cool
2: yeah <laughs> it does look cool but it looks like it's been designed for american homes because british homes are not quite as big and <laughs> i just had this like vision of going around the kitchen table all day long that's not that exciting
1: <laughs> you got to set up an obstacle course you got to make it exciting
2: that's it that's right
0: <laughs> you need to make some half pipes you know there you Just go. Take some, take some luon or something that's real flexible, maybe some cardboard, make you some good half pipes in there. There you go.
2: Your skate is coming back out again.
0: Uh, I know. If You're, I uh, Your
2: inner Tony Hawk.
0: <laughs> if I was about 30 years younger, I'd, this would probably be a skateboarding podcast. <laughs>
1: I think I talked about this when it happened, but I busted my skateboard out earlier in the pandemic uh, during the lockdown, and I was like, I'm going to skateboard again. And I actually, like, was doing okay, like, surprisingly. And then I did a big ollie, and it just snapped in half. And I was like, maybe that's a sign. Maybe. It's
0: a sign you need to lose some weight.
1: Maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a sign <laughs> I need to lose weight. And also a sign that maybe I'm you kidding, shouldn't doing do this. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this.
0: It could be. I mean, the last time I skated, which was a few years ago, I did build a little, build a little quarter pipe and stuck it in my barn here. And because, uh, you know, concrete floors. So I call it barn, like it's a horse barn or something. But, you know, we got concrete floors and it's insulated and all that fun stuff. Anyways, so build a little quarter pipe. And in my head, I'm able to skate like I was when I was a teen. See, sure. that's a problem. When I actually do it, I'm like, oh, hell, that hurts.
2: <laughs> suddenly and you're scared uh, of everything. Suddenly, right?
0: suddenly, like my balance is different than I recall it being. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did the same. I got a skateboard probably five, six years ago. I was like, I'm going to have a go at this, even though I'm, you know, at that point approaching 40, not a good idea. Doesn't look good. And uh, yeah, I hurt myself. Um, but yeah, skateboards are cool if you're young.
0: So sp- speaking of cool, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this. and I-, I know you have because you couldn't have been anywhere on the internet recently without seeing that. Uh, apparently the covid 19 5g chip has been reverse engineered
1: <laughs> that's what i hear yeah that's what I yeah hear.
0: not sure i mean i am not sure how you wouldn't see that but yeah apparently it was posted online on uh, maybe an italian site or something like that and uh I, I have to i have to read the description because it's so good Hold on, i don't
2: l- let me just uh, apologize if you hear any rustling uh i'm just putting my tin foil hat on
0: you're gonna need it for this one it's the problem i don't know if it was meant seriously or if it was satire i'm hoping it was satire Well to be
1: well it was from my understanding of it it was created as satire but i happen to know for a fact that there are people who are sharing it around that don't know that
0: oh there's absolutely yeah yeah, i've seen (laughs) some big threads where people just are adamant that this is this is an actual real thing. So to to explain to the audience, it's a schematic of a boss metal zone, <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally a schematic of a boss metal zone, and it has labels: MT2, which is the metal zone uh, designation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, gain, bass, treble, frequency, mids, foot switch, volume, input, output. Okay, so with that said, like that what common sense should dictate that, first of all. Um, second of all, I'm pretty sure 5G is not going to use op amps and clipping diodes <laughs> in this way um, in a nanoparticle. So, all right, here we go. This is from this, this website, okay, the original posting. The Russians have managed to remove the nanochips from the Pfizer vaccine and have published a diagram of functions. This is translated, so a little bit of oddness here, but you'll get it. I'll take you for a walk in a short time. The chip consists of four processors and four transistors. The signal through the 5G network enters on the left on the input. That's how they control you. Power is done through body heat, and all parts are connected to that tension. The signal is processed in the first processor with a frequency filter and a transistor reinforcing it. The increased signal continues to move to another processor controlling the md 2 gain, or how much impact it will have on your psyche. This control is variable <laughs> and can strengthen or reduce in it to desire. In the original recording, that party is said to have a quote, "a heinous sum of profit," which is very bad. The silicon diodes control control the electrical engineer. Uh, energy hold on let me try that again can the diodes control the electrical energy that allows the virus to be activated in vaccines then it goes to another step of signal strengthening and filtering out external influences preventing doctors from detecting your chip scanner literally hiding the TLO72 which is the op amp type in a very expensive processor <laughs> and is mostly used for military purposes you can only get it with a mortgage or two so already like your bs
2: detector should be going what well i can say that nobody's going to uh use my input to control me ever that's that's just (laughs) that's just not happening but i you know when you do turn the gain up on a metal zone it it does have some effects on your psyche there's no doubt about that's a fact
1: yeah
0: so so you know it kind of goes through i won't read the entire thing but you get to the gist of it right like it's basically talking about these controls and the volume controls used for the overall power of the chip which is sensitive to frequency and from personal vibrations and all this stuff and
1: <laughs> i remember i so, sent it, i sent you the the you, just the image and i was like brian is this really a metal zone because i don't know schematics right you know right but i was right. like it looks like a, it looks like it to me but i only kind of know enough to be dangerous and you were like what well this one would have a little bit more mid-range or something like
0: that you the thing you were the first person to send it to me and then for the next four days (laughs) i kept getting text messages from people saying saying the same thing is this really a metal zone schematic i'm like absolutely it's a metal zone schematic
1: absolutely (laughs) that made it so much funnier to me i (laughs) like did the whole thing like called in the other room like lynn Lynn, it's a metal zone
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and, and yeah and so I'm seeing like on all these different groups whether it's pedal boards of doom like all these Facebook groups um I haven't checked any of the other forums on the internet but I'm seeing pe- people like no no one ever took this seriously we we all you know all, all the um you know all what I guess you would be like anti-vaxxers in this situation I don't know uh all the people that um, believe in this. Knew it from the start that that you know this. Uh, they didn't take it seriously. No, they didn't. And the, they, <laughs> that's but the not thing true. is, yeah, the thing is, you can see that like there's all kinds of threads that have been posted where people are posting this, and it's just thousands of comments about people saying, "I knew it. I'm not getting a vaccine," and all this stuff. Well, I mean,
1: outside of the guitar <laughs> space, like every time it gets posted in the guitar space, people recognize that it's a joke. Like they understand yes, what they yes. know, what a metal zone is. Any guitar forum, people recognize it's a joke. When I'm saying there are people who take this seriously, I'm talking about people who are not part of the guitar community that are sharing yes. this, thinking that they yeah, really yes. found something.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. wait Yeah. Completely different from the guitar uh, community. It's, it's, it's. I don't even know how to explain it. Everyone else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that thinks there's 5G technology in this vaccine, which even by itself I don't think we can get a nanoparticle that smart or that small and smart and uh put it in a vaccine. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the technology How would you is
2: twiddle around. the guy knob? In, in a nanoparticle. I just don't get it. I don't, that, Bluetooth. Where, yeah. This comes with an app. Ah, okay. Now it makes sense.
0: You didn't I say mean, that. I, because I, of the Metal Zone app. You gotta, it's like it's like
1: we've we've talked about before. It was like, if they want to track you...
0: Um, they already are? They already are? <laughs>
1: they can just look at what you're doing. have this $1,200 on device that you willingly paid money for and carry around in your pocket. Uh, newsflash, everybody. So,
0: Right, and, and, if, and if you're by chance don't do that I bet you have used Bing or Yahoo or Google or basically any search engine not any search engine but 99% of the search engines on Earth um, which are doing the same thing tracking or basically everything you do
2: used a credit card
0: or, or used a, a credit card, card.
2: Yep. Or, or walked anywhere because the entire planet is covered in CCTV these days so yeah well that's we, mostly we, a British thing if I'm being honest oh okay yeah fair play <laughs> I was we, astonished we at how it.
1: much CCTV that was was there when I was when I was there. I was like, "Wow, they really are watching over here. They really paying yep. attention." Yep.
0: Fine. Yeah, not much here in uh, Central Indiana. At least out here in the country, no, uh, no CCTV. Because nothing here. happens out there. Other well, we, than we just got internet out here, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you're being tracked for the first time. That's you got right. The internet.
0: Now we're like, wait a minute. How is it that my wife and I were just talking about potato chips and now i got potato chip ads on my Facebook?
1: You know what? I kind of want some potato chips, though. Those ones are pretty
0: good. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I will order that on Amazon.
1: Jill pickle flavored? All right, let's go. But, yeah, it's a metal zone, everybody. Don't be afraid to tell your Aunt Vicky um, that <laughs> it's it's a metal zone. It, and And, yeah. It is. It is a metal zone.
2: I mean, it got picked up by some of the major newspapers over here. I think The Independent, um, which is, you know, one of the big sort of in-between tabloid and broadsheet newspapers, um, ran a story on, you know, funny guitar guys put meme out type thing. And I was like, how has this gone from something that was clearly just, you know, Facebook-level comedy to a global phenomena in uh, in 24 hours but it has uh, and I am waiting to see my first um, I guess as, as Brian says sort of anti-vaxxer actually put it out there in the wild as a, a real thing that will be a very pleasurable moment to observe
1: <laughs> it might it might be big enough news now that people have uh, have seen this so
0: you know who knows <laughs> they just quietly deleted it from their Facebook page like I didn't post that I knew all
2: still great marketing by boss if they did this
0: you know i i honestly yeah i kind of wish that someone would have done that with like our triple rack or you know like one of our schematics that are available freely online that would be uh that would be fantastic you know what richard i'm thinking of a marketing play here as i think you've said too
2: much already
0: (laughs) oh my gosh so um A little bit of other news. I got a new guitar and amp yesterday, but the new guitar is on the heels of big news from Mesa Boogie. We'll be right back. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade.
1: yeah that uh, there was a rumor going around last night that they were that, that they were uh, partially bought out by gibson and this morning sounds like it's a full acquisition according to the official announcement by by both companies so mesa is now part of the gibson family and some people are very upset about it
2: the uh, i yeah it's quite interesting i've I posted it in the tone group and immediately probably about three other people posted it as well. So it was a very popular piece to talk about. And immediately everyone started saying loads of really negative things, which I understand that Gibson's had a bad rap recently. But I think for the industry, this can only be a good thing because I don't think anybody, certainly any of us, wants to see Gibson or Boogie die out, you know, the, the great brands. So, hopefully, this brings them strength. But, you know, there's a raft of people immediately saying, that's it. Mesa boogies are going to be, you know, made poorly, sold more expensively. Uh, and my favorite have robotic uh, knobs on them. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Now, on an amp, that might be kind of cool. Not going to lie.
1: But yeah, we all my think friend, the Chase Bliss Automaton is cool, so why yeah. not, right?
2: Well, I, it it's it's not as bad as putting it on tuners. Um but I I was chatting to to my friend uh, John about it and and he was sort of saying the problem is is no one's really buying loud amps right now because there are no gigs happening because right. of COVID. So it's uh it's an interesting move for Gibson definitely, but I think it's a really positive move personally.
1: Well, one thing that I think people keep glossing over is the fact that Randall Smith is 75 years old and has been working on his love, you know, like his love of amplifiers for longer than I've been alive at this point. Yeah, And yep. you know what? The guy probably, I'm sure he's going to still tinker around. He seems like that type of person from what I can tell, but like yeah, good on him. He you probably know? wants
2: a week off to play some Call of Duty. That's He's probably right, why he did this.
0: Hell yeah! Or I mean, if I was Randall Smith, I would be like, I would take the money and I would start a cookie dough factory. You know, <laughs> boutique cookie dough.
2: <laughs> why cookie dough?
0: Oh, why not? Why cookie dough? Because cookie dough—it's amazing. It's the perfect food. It literally is the perfect food.
1: <laughs> um, uh there's don't no answer deny, to that. Don't deny <laughs> it,
0: Blake. Blake's like, how do I say this nicely that he's an idiot? <laughs> I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> okay. okay. That's like me telling you that pizza is just okay. All right? Pizza is I mean, far superior
1: to cookie dough. Come on, Richard. Me up podcast on this podcast is over. <laughs>
2: All I know is I'm having black pudding for dinner. And so you yeah. can both... Uh, both do one.
1: <laughs> no, uh, no, I love the black pudding. Don't forget. I support the yeah, black no,
2: pudding. Yeah, no, you are a connoisseur. It's just Brian, we've got to convince. Uh, when,
0: I, when I get over there on that side of the pond, I'll try it. Okay. Just don't tell me that's what it is until, <laughs> until I eat it. Try this You'll ice cream and black. chocolate.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you just scrape some of these intestines out of the way. Hang on but, a second.
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't come with real intestines still in it. But going back to the subject, Brian, what's your take on it?
0: You know, I mean, if I was, if I was uh, Randall Smith or someone in that position where I've been doing this for years and years and years, I I would totally get it. I mean, I, um, you know, I've talked to Seymour Duncan quite a bit over the years about kind of this, not this, exactly this thing, but I mean, you know, Seymour has been around for a long time as well. And, um he, I don't think he like went completely out of the business, but he did kind of take a step back a little bit in some areas. And was like, look, there's things that I want to do, like collect arrowheads. And so that's what he does. He likes to do geology type stuff and collect arrowheads and takes walks on the beach with his dog and wife or whatever, you know, and he's just enjoying life. So I, I would, I would want to do that. Hell, I'd do that right now. That sounds fantastic. That is what you do every well, day. Gibson, where are you at? Call me up, man. <laughs> what all, are you I for about? A, all I ask for is a cookie dough factory. That's <laughs> that's part of the deal. Gotta have a cookie dough factory. JC shows and, up and, on
1: your doorstep tomorrow. Wampler, we need to have a discussion. Like that's
0: right. First yeah. of all, let me show you these robot tuners we just developed. <laughs> that's that's <right>. amazing.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it's I honestly would be really surprised and and I could be wrong. And Gibson is definitely, you know, I don't approve of everything Gibson does by any stretch of the imagination. I am a Gibson fanboy because, you know, my, the aforementioned, Oh, we weren't recording then, but my first electric was a Gibson. You know, I just, some of my favorite guitar players have always played Gibson. So I have a soft spot for the brand, despite all of the shortcomings they've had. But I I don't think they're necessarily going to ruin Mesa Boogies. A lot of people are saying, no. they're like saying like, oh, but Cakewalk. They they bought Cakewalk and they just they, they ran it into the ground and then BandLab had to come rescue it. And I'm like, okay, that was under different leadership though.
0: Totally. You know? They might as well have been a different company in my opinion. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a long time ago and it was under completely different management. So – I don't really see them doing that. And let's be honest, Cakewalk versus Mesa Boogie, like as far as brands go, right? they're not really the same thing. You know, one's a software company that was great. And as far as I know, is still pretty cool. But the other is like a iconic amp brand. They're just not the same right. thing. I don't see Gibson really doing much of anything except maybe providing better distribution and more resources
2: for the brand
1: that's my that's my assumption
0: yeah and they're in the perfect position
2: to do that really and yeah yeah, i i I totally agree i think it's a a a great move for both companies um i don't see gibson changing anything in the short term for sure uh longer term maybe there'll be some money thrown at it and maybe there'll be some innovation but I, i don't think anyone can predict that um but certainly um I I, I think it's a great move, and I I just don't understand all the negativity. I mean, I'm not a Gibson fanboy, although, as I said to you last night, Brian, the first sort of real paycheck that I ever made in my life, the first thing I bought was a a Gibson Les Paul, which I've still got. Um, And it was always the aspirational guitar. So it's, it's two very nice brands. It's interesting to see how Paul Reed Smith, and the PRS fanboys um, react to this because Mesa was always their sort of amp of choice until Paul got into the the game himself. So I um, never the, thought about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. that's mm. good. That's good point.
2: The, the, there's definitely, I would say, some of the um, more choice comments have come from that quarter. Um, I've seen a lot of you know people just really slamming it because didn't fit in with what what they wanted but um yep yeah, i think it's a great move healthy competition for the market i mean you know there's some great booty camp uh manufacturers out there at the moment so it's a it's a great time to be a guitar player yeah i so
0: i mentioned this was tied to uh in a weird way of purchase so i got a uh believe it or not an epiphone 335 and I was, and I just played it for the first time today, and I'm actually quite astonished at how good it plays and how good it sounds for, I don't even know, what was it, 500 bucks or some somewhere in that area. It wasn't that expensive as far as guitars go, um, but it's it plays and sounds really good. I was actually just really surprised at, uh, at how much I liked it because I thought, you know, it's going to be, I it's been a long time since I played an Epiphone. I thought that's going to be okay-ish, you know, but uh, it actually plays really good. I'm, so much so that I'm like, I wonder how well the new Gibson 335s would play in comparison. I'm probably not going to buy one, but still,
2: I did wonder that. I, I, I'm totally with you on Epiphone. I bought my daughter a Epiphone wheelchair. Oh, those um, are great. Probably about, yeah, about two years ago. I mean, it's a Iero model. She was a big fan of his, so... Uh, she she got it in. I'd never actually even seen one until we bought it, and for a four hundred pounds over here guitar, it played amazingly. Sounded fantastic. Needed no work at all to 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 set up. It was just out of the box a great guitar. And I think you know I I, I think a lot of people are brand snobs, obviously, but you're missing out if you if you're not looking at some of these guitars for sure.
0: I, I will say one negative thing. I got it from Sweetwater and, uh, you know, it's January right now. They shipped it here, obviously. And, um, the high E string was a little out of tune, you know? <laughs> so I mean, not much, just a little bit. I was a little disappointed. I thought they did some sort of, uh, you know, like 5,000 point inspection or something like that. And, you didn't even get the e-string in tune. E string oh
1: man, the e, they, you know <sighs> that ones and yeah. it's so so hard to miss that, you know? <laughs> right. like, I mean it's right there. Yeah, I mean, I, couldn't I at know, least tune the e-string.
0: Oh, right. And I know there's like 60 degree temperature differences, you know, from going inside to outside and the weather and everything, but still, you know,
2: I hear you can get robotic tuners that can do it for you. Oh, that's a a
0: good idea. That's my next purchase. That's my mod on it. Yeah, get some robotic tuners for it.
2: It looks lovely, though, Brian. Um, It it, it, for for the money you paid, I think it's a fantastic looking uh, guitar. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, super happy with it. Super happy with it. Does
1: that have the new? uh, Well, yeah, new-ish headstock on it, where it's like that was always my rub with the the Epiphones pre. 2019, mm-hmm. I think it was, when they changed it. It's like, eh, the headstock's a little not quite right. And then they changed it, uh, at, and they debuted it at the Nam, last winter NAM show, and I was like, ah, that, that is nice. I like that a lot. But honestly, the whole Epiphone range that I played at that Nam show, there was a purple Les Paul that played. So it was like if I had closed my eyes, I was – it reminded me of my 2003 uh, Gibson Faded. I was, mm-hmm. like, astonished at how much, how similar it felt. And uh, it sounded a little different, but, like, it it really felt awesome. And I was like, oh. And then I played the Epiphone Masterbuilt uh, uh, SJ200 and then walked right across the aisle and played the Gibson SJ 200 and I actually liked the Epiphone 1 better. I thought in that, out of those two guitars, the Epiphone sounded better. I mean, Hmm. they're, they're really paying attention to stuff with, with the Epiphone brand. I think, I think it's really cool. And my next planned guitar purchase is going to be an Epiphone. So. I'm pretty excited. This um, podcast brought to you by
2: Epiphone and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, hey, Mr. Boogie our, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Cookie Dough. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm kind of with you, there, Blake. I've I've been you know casually eyeing up some squires, thinking, you know, I could get something that looked really good, was a bit different, but only cost me a few hundred pounds. And I bet I don't notice as much of a difference as I think I'm going to. Um, I haven't played a Squire for 30 years, so um, I'm, I'm definitely some of their, um, some of their sort of you know, really spaced out tellies that they, they bring out um, really appeal to me.
1: I can tell you I haven't played any of the, the tellies, but I just had a, a paranormal cyclone for a, a few months that I, I, we did a giveaway with, but I got to play it uh, quite a bit and I made a video on it and it's awesome. It was great. Yeah, I saw, I saw it wasn't just guitar. a great guitar nice. for the money. It was a good guitar. I really was like, I don't really want to give this to you, Josh, but you did win <laughs> the giveaway, <laughs> so I begrudgingly shipped it to him. But yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's good. It's good, especially uh, especially when you get out of like the you know starter pack guitars and you start getting into the. The 400 ish range with Squire, they're yes, they're awesome. And the, the uh, Squire uh, J. Mascus Jazz Master is phenomenal. Um that they're it's we you just mentioned earlier how it's such a great time to be a guitar player. It's really is because there we didn't have incredible, you know, sub five hundred dollar guitars
0: back in the day.
1: <laughs> they just didn't really exist.
0: Yeah, nothing. yeah. Five hundred dollar guitar was nothing like the Epiphone I got. It was not good at all no. in, in the day
2: oh you know I, I really want to see whether a sort of top end squire is better than a bottom end fender um I've, that has really sort of piqued my curiosity because fender have you know continually slightly ramped their prices every year so the price point is getting higher and higher to to, to even get you know your basic mexican built uh strat um and I really want to just try out some of these like really high-end squires and see see what they're like. Um, There's only so, one way to do it, Richard. Yeah, only one way. <laughs> well, at the, the name moment, of science, you must uh, buy both. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at the moment, it would be mail order though, because of course we're completely locked down except for click and collect at the moment. Um, we're in danger of being very on topic at the moment. We've talked about guitar uh-oh. gear for a lot of the podcast. Oh, okay, that's well, terrible.
0: Let's, let's change that. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to COVID. Because uh, apparently well, with this new COVID bill, it started uh-oh. a 180 day countdown for UFO disclosures as part of the bill. They're gonna disclose it. They have to disclose UFO stuff in 180 days.
1: I don't I know well how I have no idea how that has point. anything to do with COVID, but I'm here, I'm I'm for it. I wanna know. Tell me more That's, about
0: the U.S. It's part of the COVID bill that that just got signed with the with the you know, why we Relief. got our stimulus
2: checks and such. Yeah. Right. Huh. I, I don't know how the two are related. Here, have six hundred dollars and by the way, the Grays <laughs> run the planet. By right. the way, there
0: are such things as aliens, and we'll tell you about it in six months. See ya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I definitely think we should introduce this as a regular section at the at the end of the podcast. The UFO uh, kind watch. of yeah, UFO watch <laughs> uh, because it it's happening. Uh, I, I'm not even wearing my tinfoil hat right now. We're we're definitely into something new here.
1: It's really I don't know like if it's just because it keeps popping up in the news or what is going on exactly, but um. I am obviously talking about this more and more frequently on on the Tone Mob podcast. Uh, I got a message and I put it up in my Instagram story the other day, and I, I won't I won't say who it's from because I don't know that they want their name put out there. But they sure. they sent me sure. a, a from text from a B my...
0: Wampler of Indiana, right. <laughs> right. a B Wompler, right. Central Indiana. Yeah,
1: um, you know what it is. That is who it was. That's so weird. But yeah, they sent it to the text (laughs) chat. It says, note on aliens... As someone who never really cared about the legitimacy of alien existence, listening to Tone Mob basically has convinced me that we are prob- that we probably have been slash are being visited. The story about hovering lights shooting away at speeds unheard has been repeated enough now by different guests it's starting to seem like a real pattern. On top of that, a few friends in my hometown experienced the same scenario this past summer and I believe in their credibility on a personal level. Not really a point here. Just wanted to throw that comment at you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Like, I gotta watch what I say. People are I mean, actually I'm, paying
2: attention. I'm, I'm kind of gonna, you know, I'm gonna be X Files on this. Of course, I want to believe. Who doesn't? But I mean, we've all got mobile phones. How come no one's videoed anything convincing? Well, That's, the
0: Air Force did, or no, the Navy
2: did. Ah, uh, I mean, it was quite grainy and it was very exciting footage. But uh, well,
0: it wasn't a regular camera. It was um, an FLIR,
2: yeah, yeah camera, yeah. yeah. Um, I,
1: I can tell you from the like random weird experience i had a few months ago it was because i was on the phone talking while it happened so that's why i didn't film and of course i thought it was just an airplane so uh, i was not well, going to just film the airplane
2: what was your random weird experience sorry it,
1: it was just i don't remember if i talked about it here i've talked about it a few places but basically i was on the phone with a friend kind of late at night and the sky was was mostly clear there was a few like Clouds in the sky, but it was mostly clear. And I was just looking up while I was talking to my friend Jacob, and I was, I saw an airplane, is what it looked like to me. It was just a red and white light, and it was going across the sky in a normal rate of speed. And all of a sudden, it jumped like instantaneously and was in another place. And in my viewpoint, it was like three to four inches across the skyline because it was up really high. And then it continued on at a normal speed and went behind a cloud. I was like, I told Jacob, I was like, I don't know what I just saw, but that was weird. (laughs) But it looked like an airplane, and all of a sudden it just was in a different spot. And I have no explanation for And and it it was a weather balloon.
2: Probably just a weather balloon. It was late at night, right? It was late at night. And you were sober? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean I, <laughs> Just, just like, checking why, why, why yeah. mm-hmm. uh,
1: I don't know, I was in a different spot I, I <laughs> told you it was a different
0: spot One minute I was standing up The next minute I was falling down <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean uh,
1: It wasn't that late, it was like 9pm Or so, somewhere
2: Okay, late. so that's fine m. to be sober at 9pm um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know someone who, who used to work with us Brian, Jeff uh, he, he experienced something out in, in the Desert uh, in LA somewhere, oh, really in military base. Yeah, he um, and he was very detailed about it. it. Was very interesting. Um, me, the closest I came was when I bought a telescope, and uh, the first time I sort of locked on something, suddenly I saw a white dot move across at very high speed. I was like, mm, "What the hell is that?" And then I saw another one, and I thought, "Okay, either we're in being invaded by aliens. That's that's one option, or." Satellites move very quickly if you're looking at them through a telescope, and I went with option B <laughs> um, because I was getting like one every half an hour. I was like, "No, this this isn't an invasion." But, um, I yeah, I I've heard so many cool stories about it. I I've heard that they live in a base under the desert in America, and there's two factions: the reptilians and the greys, and they're warring and all kinds of stuff. I just don't believe any of it, <laughs> I wish I did.
1: I didn't used to be. I used to be much more skeptical. And now I've heard it from so many people that I that I trust. And, you know, having my my own little mini weird experience. It's not that weird, but it was kind. It was weird enough that I was like, that was it's enough weird. for you to think about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I've heard it from enough people I trust at this point. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but something's something's afoot. I just don't know what it is.
2: 12 inches.
1: Well, that's true. The king's measurements. <laughs> uh, and that brings us on
2: to the debate we were having earlier about why we don't use the same measurement system. It's it's crazy. We do, really.
0: We don't like to divide by ten.
2: No, and... We only like to use miles because we like to be awkward. Everything else is is divisible by 10 perfectly.
1: (laughs) Is miles the only thing that you guys do in Imperial? All our
2: signs over here are in miles. I knew that. Signs and cars are, you know, the the speedometer. We we do talk about kilometers. It's kind of like the poor cousin of the the mile, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) We'll work everything out in miles first and then convert to kilometers uh, very crudely. Um, I mean, we still measure in feet and inches and centimeters and millimeters. It's very confusing being British.
0: That is that is quite odd.
2: It's not the only reason it's confusing being British, be honest. <laughs> no, right <laughs> now it definitely Blood isn't. Blood pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a, a, a UFO experience, Brian? You know what? I have not. Um, hmm,
0: no, nothing like that. Nope.
2: And, and and where's your mind on the uh, possibility of the existence of aliens?
0: So, I think, honestly, that there that it's way more likely that there are other I don't even know what really to call it. I wouldn't call it uh, other beings of some sort, or other carbon-based beings that um, are living and breathing in some way. I are we visited by them? I think I think possibly I, I think. Once I saw this as being part of a bill, I'm like, okay. Well, I figured that it probably was something, but now I know. And especially after watching all the footage from the Navy pilots, I'm like, mm. okay. And and hearing a lot of the uh, mostly on Joe Rogan's podcast, of course, but but hearing um, stories from the pilots themselves about you know basically following this stuff, I'm like, all right, these are people that there's nothing, there's no reason why they would lie. Not any good reason why they would lie. And it's, it's now, um, you know, well-documented and, and our government is apparently is going to release some details in six months. So I think now I'm probably more certain for sure, but I always, I guess it's my personality as well. I've, I've always kind of, uh, given a little bit of credit to conspiracies like, well, it's possible. Some of this stuff is possible, unless we're talking about metal zones being a new COVID vaccine. Um, <laughs> you know, th- sometimes I think that there's – the the possibility is there for there to be some grains of truth in some of the conspiracy stuff. Right, right. Um, so I, I don't – I just don't dismiss things outright until I know more about it. And, and unfortunately, I don't know that much about it to have an informed opinion on it other than I think it's possible. I know mm-hmm. that's a pretty boring take on it.
2: No, I mean, I, I, that's the same philosophy I have, basically. Keep an open mind. Um, don't be surprised. But also, um, I have a friend who's a, a mathematician, like, crazily clever and... His theory on life is that normally the most boring answer is the true answer. It's kind of like Occam's razor, Mm -hmm. but it goes for the boring rather than most feasible. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I, I kind of agree with him most of the time. It's things that we want to happen are what we talk about, but actually what's going on is probably a lot less interesting.
0: what Um, What was it like the Israel...
2: Um, Minister yeah. of
0: Defense or something basically said,
2: "Yeah, we actually have a treaty with
0: these aliens."
2: Yeah, that's you know that's again that's a a, a common thing amongst ufologists is that um I think it was in the probably around the time of Roswell or something like that that one of your presidents signed something somewhere that said that we wouldn't be evaporated whilst they farm us for our 5G chips containing metal zones. <laughs> <laughs> they must have all the metal zones.
0: All but the game.
1: So, so, Brian, since we... I, I just remembered this, and since we are talking about weird things, and this is a completely unrelated weird thing, but I just did a podcast uh, with Yvette Young, and uh, she is just amazing. She's one of my favorite people to talk to. But on the Patreon section... Uh, she mentioned how she gets sleep paralysis often, and, and um, really, yeah. And I don't know if either of you know what that is, but basically, what what people experience for the listeners who don't know, it's people will kind of wake up and be completely un- unable to move. That's one thing, but the other thing that happens generally is that they start seeing black figures like enter their room in some way, shape, or form. And she experiences this all the time. She experiences
0: and, black figures.
1: Yep, yeah. She even actually re- reached out and touched their hand at one point, which but, is actually but, something I've never heard of before with with sleep paralysis. But
0: how how would she do that with sleep paralysis though?
1: So, so it's one of those because things she's where dreaming it, like, like it's a very hard. Which, and everyone – this is why we started talking about it because we were talking about aliens and talking about the similarities in people's experiences. And then she started talking about sleep paralysis and the similarities between people's experiences with that are even more, like, direct. And so it's almost always they can't really move. They're trying to scream and it's, like, kind of muffled. Uh, but if somebody's with them, it's as if nothing's happening. Like, the person who's laying by you has no idea that you're experiencing anything. And usually some black figures will enter the room and just kind of stand there and, like, look at you. And it's, like, a hooded, cloaked type of situation. But in this one instance, she said she'd seen him so many times that she's not really scared of him anymore. Um, she doesn't get, that, get like, a good feeling about it, but she said that, like, she just took all of her strength to reach out because it reached its hand out and actually touched it, and it was, like, a firm handshake and then she like in order to escape the paralysis a lot of people they have to like use all of their might and just like kind of like throw themselves out of the bed or throw themselves into a different position and then they wake up um and that's what she experienced but what i wanted why i wanted to bring it up and ask you about it in particular is because she mentioned that it's usually with super sensitive people that experience these things and you mentioned that on the last episode how you Oh, that about my, yourselves?
0: My self discovery and psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so all that to huh. say is, have you ever heard of that or experienced that before, or know anything about it?
0: Um, now that I think about it, I haven't had full blown, um, like paralysis, but I've definitely woken up where I c- can't really move much, and at that point, I'm trying to remember, it's been. Years ago, I think. At that point, I think I just, like, kind of panicked and forced myself to, like, shake around. hmm And then was able to get use of my arms or... But then again, I don't know. I, that was a long time ago. Maybe I just fell asleep on my arms and they were numb. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it could it's be, too. I I've I haven't experienced anything like that. Hmm. I... I but... Oddly enough, and not to, I'm not trying to really segue in, into anything, but I have during the course of my studying noticed that many musicians are actually, I don't want to say suffer from being an HSP, but
1: they experience it. They have this,
0: they have this trait, which mm-hmm. is the, that they're super sensitive to a lot of things. Um, one of the things with me is like noise, um, light, general like commotion um and even just emotions like i feel things very intensely um and apparently a lot a lot of musicians and artists are that way and that's one of the reasons why they become artists because they they feel something in such a powerful way that it compels them to be creative
2: absolutely 100 percent agree i think you know artists have always been the sensitive ones who've picked up on things that other people don't. I've always been not not as sensitive as you, but definitely uh, things affect me more than they seem to affect other people. I didn't get sleep paralysis, but I did used to get a very vivid dream of flying down the stairways. Like, you know, you get that feeling when sometimes you hit a nerve on your back when you're lying down and it feels like you're falling over. I used to mm. kind of get that feeling and then be flying down a stairway and it happened probably up until I was about eight or nine years old I'd I'd get that dream over and over again but having explored uh, you know the mind a little bit in my teenage years let's just say I'm pretty (laughs) convinced that your mind is so powerful at making anything you want happen that when people do have these sort of you know, sleep paralysis, even though they're kind of shared experiences, they're probably sort of like a chemical reaction in the brain that causes you to dream in a certain way. It's probably something, again, really dull like that. As, as exciting as it sounds to be, you know, visiting the netherworld and being met by cloaked figures, it's probably just a dream, unfortunately. It, you
0: know what I was thinking? I mean, for some people, they might say the shadowy figures is more paranormal than alien.
1: That's there's all kinds of debates between the everything that's just been brought up. Like, yeah, uh, she was even saying she's like some there's been some research into it in that there might be some sort of chemical reaction that is related to narcolepsy in some way, right? That has something to do with it, you know. Um, but kind of regardless of the reason or the cause of it, the the reality is that people experience these things and it's real to them in the moment. And it really impacts people, and my sisters had it happen a handful of times, and uh, she's you know she's very sensitive to things too, and I don't experience any of that because I fall asleep like a dead person and uh, am not to be bothered until uh, the (laughs) morning comes
2: and for any reason whatsoever. (laughs) But uh, but but my wife is very much in tune with sort of those sort of things. Um, You know she she experiences things that she tells me and they sort of happen later. And she's like, I told you so. And I'm like, ah, it's a coincidence. But there have been things that I have struggled to write off as coincidence. So it's, um, it's, you know, can you, um, when you edit this, Brian, can you add the X-Files music in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Just need to set this appropriately, but... (laughs) Uh, i I love talking about this sort of stuff i find it fascinating um and it is that there's so much that we don't know about our own brains let alone the world outside and Mm -hmm. and the universe um i think uh yeah i gotta go there's a guy
1: smoking cigarettes on my porch i don't know what that's about no really no one's getting that X Files reference. Okay, never
2: mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were being serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was really convincing. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, was, I was hoping someone would get the Smoking Man reference. But I guess yeah.
2: not. No, we are far too tired in the day to be thinking that, well, I am. You guys aren't. It's morning for you. I just
1: woke up. What are you talking about? Yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
1: we did another long one, boys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's another. It's a good one. Good one for the books.
1: hmm Starting off Guess with a new year re- weird.
0: That's right. From now on, it's not, no longer chasing tone. It's chasing aliens.
1: Chasing <laughs>
0: UFOs <laughs> and the paranormal. Chasing. That's right. Chasing the paranormal. Chasing metal late, zones. Late night with Richard and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of
1: the, all that stuff, I will, I will save this for the next episode. Uh, when we do talk about weird stuff, but there is a local uh, theme park that is haunted, and I watched an episode of Ghost Hunters, and it is related to guitar, and I will save that punchline for the next really? time we record. Yes. Yeah,
0: save that. Save that. All right. So thank you for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, simply email info at com. And for Richard, just shoot that podcast email and uh, I'll forward it to him because he doesn't he doesn't like to get a lot of emails. He really <laughs> doesn't. He's not a fan of them. Uh, kidding. Uh, if you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends and bandmates and others who might like it. And the best way to show your support for the show is, you know, like leave a review or a rating or whatever, wherever you could normally get your podcasts. Make sure to check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. And of course, as always, if you like guitar pedals... And uh, devices that make sounds and noises, make sure to go to wopapidals.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.